I love that sound. <laughs> <laughs> Should we explain Welcome. it again? No, no. It, okay. It's the okay. record sound uh, for our Zoom. Uh, we are back in the building. Shot Callers crew. Uh, we are coming from you uh, live via Facebook Live, which is uh, something we've been trying to do uh, to share our podcast and, and get interaction with you all. Um, just about what's going on in the NBA and what we're talking about. Uh, it's shared on my Facebook page. Uh, Odellis Ferellis has shared it on his Facebook page. Um, and producer Tim has shared it on his, and it's going live through his Facebook page. So make sure you check us out on there. I am your host, Ben Brown. Uh, on my Zoom, oh, to my right, is producer Tim. Tim Daniel, what's good, my brother? Hey, man, this is a lot of fun. It's been too long since we did a Shot Callers episode, so I'm happy to get yes, the three sir. of us together here. We are recording, for those who listen to this later, we are in recording during the Lakers-Nuggets game. Um, mm-hmm. So what we're saying, if you, uh, we might be telling you guys a little play-by-play on accident. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and in the Zoom call to my bottom, my brother, my ace buku, my number one, Joshua, Odellis, Pharrellis, Overzealous, Montellus, Hayes. What's good, my brother? What is up, everybody? Um, glad to be back. Nice hat. Um, ready to get into this. <laughs> Notice um, I, I actually got a pass. I stuck my way back into the bubble. So um, there it is. There can it I, is. Can I one-up you real quick? Yes. Oh. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, okay. Uh-oh. Got a little uh, one-upsmanship here from Tim going? producer Tim. Hey, I'm telling you, you know, this, the producer Tim, if he ends up on the on the bench, I'm about to be. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ah, um, oh, man. Okay. I feel like it's a good-looking okay. color. What do you think? Okay. Nice. Okay. Back, back in his LeBron Miami red. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. Wait, how'd you know? It could have been an Eddie Jones. You just assumed. Oh, that's that's true. That's true. I'm kidding. Eddie it's Jones, a little odd. Oh, Eddie Jones was hot then. You know what I mean? He was yeah. hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, man, back in the building, Shot Callers crew, man, we're super excited uh, to be coming to you. We are in conference finals mode uh, where you have the Celtics and the Heat. And the Heat are now up 3-1. And now you've got tonight, you've got the Lakers playing the Nuggets, which we have talked about this on text, that this could, series could easily be 2-1 Nuggets right now. Easily be 2-1 Nuggets. So uh, the con- these conference finals have been fire. Um, the, you've got the unpredictability of the Miami Heat, um, who have out of, kind of almost kind of out of nowhere, have become a, a like a Cinderella story, I don't know, um, kind of. Um, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, you got Jimmy Butler, uh, who you know, Jimmy Butler kind of bounced around. You know, people said he was a bad teammate, people said it was this, but now you're seeing him come to light as being a great teammate leading this young Heat team. Uh, you've got a Celtics team who, for the last gosh, what three years, people have been trying to crown them as the beast of the east, um, and now they are down 3 1. You go to the Western Conference. 
and you're looking at this young Nuggets team who has overcame two 3-1 deficits to make it to the conference finals uh, with Jamal Murray, who is, you know, when we started out talking about this, we, we were talking, was it a fluke? Was it, was it real? Do we believe in it? Do we not? Um, I think we're safe to say that he's kind of proven himself a little bit yeah. to be, an, to be uh, a top-tier guy. Um, and Nikola Jokic um, also carrying the load there in Denver. They've also gotten great play from their, from their bench um, and other players, Michael Porter Jr. Um, so you've got them going up against, you know, they, they crushed the Clippers so-called empire. Uh, and now they're, <laughs> you know, I mean, so-called. I mean, you know. What I love Denny, it. What did Denny Green, Every what did moment Denny, of it. Hey, what did Denny Green say? Oh, if you want to crown them, oh, crown them, oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to crown them, crown them. But, you know, the, the Nuggets showed that um, the Clippers just weren't weren't there. So, I mean, they, they came back from that 3-1 deficit. Um, couldn't have a better guy in Doc Rivers. Um, anyway, that's a side note. But, uh, <laughs> Hold on. What was, that? what was that last part? I missed that. Uh, couldn't happen to a better guy. You know, Dr. Yeah. Rivers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Couldn't happen yeah. to a better guy. Um, but, you know, they're going up against now the, the odds-on favorite, I would say, the Lakers. Yeah. Um, and like we've just talked about, um, this, this series easy could be 2-1 Nuggets with the Lakers trying to survive um, outside of a, a big shot by Anthony Davis – uh, to, to seal game two, um, this could be a different scenario that we were talking about tonight where LeBron would be in must-win mode, did not go down 3-1, but now he's up 2-1. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. We also have uh, Chicago Bulls news with my two Bulls boys right here. Yeah, They got a new coach who just got a four-year, $24 million deal with the Bulls, Billy Donovan. We thought, you know – as soon as we thought he was sneaking out, the Bulls pulled him right back in. So we've got uh, we got conference finals news to talk about. We've got new coaching news to talk about. Uh, we've got a little bit of rumor talk. You know, we kind of go all over the place. So lock in, strap in. Boys, we're going to get it started. I want to talk Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to talk Miami Heat Celtics. Celtics now down 3-1. As I talked about before, Miami is a team that when we got into the bubble, nobody really thought about them. Everybody was talking Philly. Everybody's talking Bucks. Everybody's talking Boston. And Jimmy Butler brought his coffee machine to the bubble. He banned his family from coming down. He said, this is a business trip. And he's got those young guys playing on all cylinders. Guys, what do we think about this Eastern Conference series and and where do we see this going? Do the Celtics still have a shot, or is Jimmy Butler closing the coffee shop and taking him to the finals? Can I first say before Josh chimes in, I did say the Heat were going to go go aways. I, I I never I never doubted the Heat. I, okay. I was pretty high on them, so okay. it's it's on record. It's on wax. <laughs> it's on wax. Yeah. It's on wax. Just so so here's my here's here's my question, producer Tim. What gave you the idea that you thought that Miami would outlast a Philly, outlast a uh, Boston? Outlast, I, Philly's not fair. Philly, you know, they're going to choke. I, I shouldn't say Philly. We knew they were going to choke. Yeah. But outlast a Boston, you know, and, and get to, you know, a, a conference final. What, 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 what did you see from them that would say, okay, this, these are the guys? Um, first things first, I know it's like used all the time. Heat culture. 
it's a thing. Like, there's no okay. denying it anymore. Um, but having a guy sure. like Jimmy Butler, who's such a leader, mm-hmm. who like can get everyone to like, to, to, like, you know, you said earlier he bounced around. It was no Jimmy just didn't have the guys want to do what he was doing. Jimmy mm-hmm. one of the guys that have followed his lead and work as hard as he did. So he didn't have that in Minnesota. He didn't have that in Philly. Um, Absolutely. You know, him and Brett Brown did not like each other. And, yeah. you know, when you go and you see this foundation of the Heat with, you know, Spolstra mm-hmm. and Pat Riley. Um, Hold on, having... let me stop real quick. Is, is Spolstra underrated? Yes, completely underrated. Completely. I mean, I, mean, I know he had LeBron and Dwayne Wade when he won his championships, but he has done a magnificent job with this team. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's fantastic. He's unbelievable. But I think just kind of like you can see like we talked about this not too long ago. Um, the thing that's always been so crazy about the Heat, and I think Josh and I had this conversation, is every piece makes sense. No one guy does the same thing. Like Bam Adebayo is kind of like the guy that they, like he keeps the train rolling. Jimmy Butler's the leader. Duncan Robinson's the specialist. Goran Dragic's the facilitator. Um you know, and like they've shortened their they shortened their bench. Andre mm-hmm. Iguodala is the veteran role who's been there before. Udonis Haslam's the additional player coach on the bench. Mm-hmm. So like every player brings something different to the table. And I think for me, when I came to them in Boston, I kind of had to think about like Spolster's won titles. Pat Riley's obviously won titles. Andre mm-hmm. Iguodala's a Finals MVP. Udonis Haslam, although he's not playing, has been on three NBA championship teams, has been the five finals. So they have mm-hmm. these guys that get pushed in to say, like, this is what we need to do to make this happen. And I think that's why I was always, like, pretty high on the heat. All right. I, I can feel that. Joshua Dulles Ferellis. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, sir. I, I can't top that. I can't yes, top that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Miami went full Miami Vice uniform change. Yes, sir. Joshua Dallas, I, I see your fit. You tell me what you think about the Miami Heat. So, um, you know, Tim Tim had mentioned that earlier about the the Heat culture. Um, I started watching when this team was playing. They started giving me a feel of that 05-06 team, yeah. which was led by Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Jimmy Butler kind of has that Dwayne Wade feel to him. Um, you know, he's a leader. They kind of play the same. Um, you know, they're not real big on taking, you know, really long jump shots. They like to get through the lane. Um, they like to get to the bucket and get fouled and get free throws. But I think what the Heat have done is they've put some really, 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 really good role player um, pieces around um, – they're key players and that's mm-hmm. allowed them to just play free in the bubble. Like they don't seem like they stress. Um, and I think the unsung hero and maybe the most underrated player on the team is uh, Dragic himself. Yeah. Um, I've okay. always said that my son and I talked about this, like that guy's a legit all-star and um, mm-hmm. you know, he's a lefty, he's smooth. He can hit the jump shot. He can get to the basket. He commands the offense. And when you got two snipers on the floor, like Tyler Hero and uh, Duncan, um, I mean, anything goes. And you guys obviously saw what Tyler did last night. I mean, I think I tweeted last night, oh, the man said, oh, I'm a bucket. Oh, he told you in college, he's a bucket. Like, like that dude, his shot-making ability is just insane. 
But as crazy as it is right now with the heat up 3-1, I don't think the Celtics are out of the series. If you guys look at the way this series has went, the Celtics have had big leads in the first two games, and then they choked away. They had a big lead in the third game, and they let Miami get back in it. And then they kind of pulled away towards the end. And then last night, Miami had a decent-sized lead. And then Boston pulled back into that game. And honestly, if Jason Tatum wouldn't have tricked off the game in the first half, I actually think that Boston might have pulled it out. I mean, because he came out swinging in the second half, man. It was on fire. Yeah, he did. And Mm -hmm. um, I I really, truly think that um, this series could actually be flip-flopped right now, 3-1, or, I mean, Boston was really in a position to sweep the whole series. I mean, it's crazy how a possession here or there can cause a, a series to shift like that, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute when we go to the Lakers Nuggets series. But um, I don't, I'm not going to count Boston out yet. I think Boston's too good. I think uh, Brad Stevens as a coach is too good to make adjustments. I, I, I think, worst case scenario, Boston climbs back in it and it probably goes six. Yeah, I think okay. Boston wins Friday night. I think it goes six. So I think game six Monday, Sunday ends the series. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so the other other side of this coin is Boston. Um, you, you know, you've got – I mean, to me, arguably one of the best coaches in Brad Stevens. Um, you've got young studs in Kimba, Jason Tatum, um, and uh, Jalen Brown. Um what why are they what is the matchup issue with the heat and the Celt- what what is that matchup issue why can the Celtics not get any footing with the heat that heat zone defense is unbelievable okay. yeah <laughs> it's it's unbelievable hey for all you AAU coaches out there that says not to teach his own defenses right. and, um, and, and <laughs> adolescent basketball um you're seeing it played at the highest level right now to the to the fullest <laughs> Yeah, somebody did a a um, one of the analysts did something on on how the Miami Heat zone has just has like I guess the way they play it uh, makes just for difficult shots all over the court for the ball. Like Boston just cannot get easy shots, um, you know. And you wouldn't think that that a, a professional team going to a zone would cause so much fits, but you got to think about it. You don't know how much zone. An NBA, seat, an NBA team will see throughout the year. You know what I mean? So yeah. you get different variations and different things, but most of the time, I would say probably nearly, what, 90% you're going to see a, a, a man help, a man help defense, not a whole lot of zone. So yeah. we don't play pack line defense in the NBA. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So we don't do that. I, I, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, the zone, I guess, is really giving them fits. I mean, it's, it's really caused them a lot of issues. Um, I've I've been I've really been disappointed in Kimball Walker. Yeah. Um, I I really thought that he he would step up and have uh, a, a better I guess a better series. Um, Tatum's been hit or miss. Jalen Brown's been pretty consistent. Um, but you know Tatum you know with Tatum going over in the first half, I mean your your best player can't go over and expect to win a, a basketball game at any point in the basketball game. So um, I think there's, you know, that Miami Heat team poses a lot of issues for Boston. Um, I, I don't know what the missing component – maybe it is just shooting. 
Um, but, I, you know, that Boston team, everybody was really high on them as far as talent and ability. And it's still – I almost get a Philadelphia 76ers vibe. Like, like I don't feel like they're – I don't feel like they mail it in like the Sixers. I just feel like the Sixers sometimes just mail it in. I don't feel that way. But I feel like, like the potential is there. But you, they just can't quite get over that mentality. It's like they almost need a Jimmy Butler. Does that make like, like they need, they need a guy that's going to kick them in the butt and and rally them and, and do these things. And and I don't know if they've got a guy on their roster that can do that. So um, it, it's just really crazy to me that Boston, with all that talent and ability, um, is struggling with a zone with all the shooters they have. Miami's got multiple of those dudes too. Like you talk about right. those guys that just like push you. Like yep. Jimmy Butler's the obvious one. Um, I don't think Bam Adebayo is anywhere near as good as he is now without Jimmy Butler this season. Bam Adebayo oh, is Bam Adebayo is literally should have been third team All NBA. Like and the I'm, thing that pisses me off about that Tim is that he was trying to do the same thing to Embiid, and Embiid is like, "Oh, you're just too hard." You're just, like. If you can see the fruits of Jimmy Butler's labor on every guy on that roster. So, and that's my point, is if you talk about the top big men in the NBA right now, so AD, Jokic, and I don't think Bam Adebayo and too far of a stretch to say he's third. Right. You know, my, my reasoning is that, like, effort, you know, the plays he makes, obviously that block he had on Tatum in game one. It's Ooh, just insane. It's, gonna go, it's the third greatest block in NBA history. I'm just going to go and say that it. was unreal. But, Unreal. Um, I think like your Jay Crowder's a guy too that just pushes those guys and pushes them and pushes them mm-hmm. to get them better. And like Josh, Goran Dragic is just like a secret weapon at times. It feels like for the Heat. Um, yeah. it's almost so, like he gets lost. Like, yeah, I don't know how a guy that good gets lost, but he gets lost around all the other people. I guess that, that are around him. Like it's weird. Remember, remember when he was out west in Phoenix and um in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And every night I would be like, man, this guy is so good and he gets overlooked and I'm not understanding why. I was like, every time I watched them play, like I always felt like he had a really good game. And again, it's that European style, you know, um, it's just kind of smooth and silky. Like you look at him and you look at uh, Luca, and you're just kind of like, man, like they look slow, they look unathletic, but then like somehow they just get the job done, man. Like they know how to change speeds. They, they just understand the flow of the game so well. Exactly. Perfect point. Yep, that That's, is a really that, good point. That Absolutely. is the nail on the head right there because it's like Daniel Tice has been really good defensively all year for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You can't match up with Bam Adebayo. Cannot and match like, up. I mean, like last night, Bam Adebayo is playing with one arm in the second half, basically. <laughs> and he's yeah. still getting rebounds. It's like yep. the effort that you see from him. You haven't seen an effort for a big man like that in so long. And I think no. like th- that goes back to our frustration with Embiid is like, why doesn't Embiid play with that effort? Because talent-wise, right. Embiid is probably better than Adebayo. He can stretch oh, the yeah. floor more. He can shoot better. But it's like yeah. Adebayo, every single play is giving you everything he's got. And yep. so that, that's why, like, when I, like, talk about these, like, best big men, because I know there's a lot of people now who, you know, AD and Jokic are basically taking one and two. I'm fine with mm-hmm. that. I don't argue that. But to me, that's why I put Adebayo three, because he's busting his ass more than any of those other dudes, those towns, those Embiid's. And you all know how much I love Carl Towns. Like, he is one of yep. my favorite players. But yep. I don't see him putting the effort that Adebayo does to make shit happen for his team. Sorry, Facebook. Right. I didn't mean to say the S word, but. <laughs> hey, you guys, um, you guys, I want to take you back a little bit because I actually kind of find this ironic. So, 
you know, um, the Heat's been kind of deploying this 2-3 zone. And uh, I was reading an article a couple of days ago, and they actually brought in Jim Beheim to break down the Heat's 2-3 zone. And obviously, we know from the college ranks, like – Oh, that's going to be good to read. The, that's a good read. He's the mastermind of the two, three zone. You know, he, he put it in probably 20, 25 years ago. And, you know, you ever watch Syracuse games, like it's just hard to play against them to get good shots off. But right. um, to give you a little bit of a, um, a stat, they said that uh, the first two games of the series, Boston shot 30% from the field against the zone. In game three, which was the game they won, they shot 59% from the field against the zone. Mm. But the ironic part to me is Miami Heat is the team that's playing the zone. And if you all don't recall this, back in, uh, was it 2011, somewhere around there? When, remember when the Heat played the Mavericks in the finals? And mm -hmm. um, it was Dallas that pulled out the zone on Miami. And that's how Dallas got back into the series and actually took the lead in that series and kind of closed it out. They threw that zone out there on LeBron and them because they really couldn't match up against LeBron and D Wade and Bosch one-on-one playing man to man. So they kind of deployed the zone on them and it totally threw Miami out of their rhythm. And that's how Dallas kind of captured that series. So I find it ironic that it's Miami now playing the zone, you know, mm -hmm. trying to get to the finals. And if, if Miami pulls this series out and if the Lakers pull this series out, it's going to be interesting to me to watch that finals with Miami throwing a zone against LA. <laughs> so yeah. to piggyback off what you're saying that I really totally agree with Josh is they play like, it's not just that they play a zone that just like attacks and, you know, makes like takes, takes over all the space. It's the matchup zone that they run. It's when they do their different yeah. variables of the zone that just kind of gets them better and scarier on the defense side of the ball. Like when they run that matchup zone and they start switching and stuff, it's like, I don't know how you shoot over that. Like you yeah. can bring Reggie Miller and Steph Curry out there. You're probably going to go 10 of 17 for those two, mm -hmm. but you're going to miss some tough, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to hit some tough shots. You're going to hit some They're very tough, tough shots. shots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I've noticed is that like, like Boston has not really had an easy shot all series. Like, like even when they shot 59%, like those were difficult shots. Like they had a Dude. hand in the face. They had, I mean, it, Miami's zone has made it super difficult for them to get anything done. Did um did you guys watch the the um the the Denver Lakers game a couple nights ago? Denver was up by twenty, and then LA had that like ferocious comeback in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Did you yeah. did you notice that they switched to playing zone? They switched yeah. to playing zone, and they started trapping. And I was like, man, I feel like I'm watching like college basketball at its finest <laughs> right now. Like well, these mugs are running. Two two one traps and trapping at half court. Well, like, you know, every time Jokic got the ball, like Rondo kept running at him, and they were trying to double team mm -hmm. him to where he couldn't pass the ball out, and they were everybody was switching, and Rondo had like three or four steals in a row. I mean, it was nuts, and I was like, yeah. Denver's gonna mess around, and lose this game, man, because well, like, they can't, they couldn't figure it out. Like they legit, they called two timeouts and they legit couldn't figure it out. It's the Nick Nurse method. Last year, the finals in the NBA finals, he's running a box of one on Steph Curry. It's like. This, mm -hmm. You're going back to elementary defense, and it's working at right. times. I mean, there were situations in, like, the Mike Brown Cavs days when LeBron was basically carrying those teams to the finals. They're running triangle in two, and it was working. Like, Yep. Sim simple, simple stuff. But it's been so effective. It's, it's crazy to see that. Like, and you don't think that, as far as the NBA game goes, 
is doing so many simple things in order to get wins, just to throw teams off of their offensive rhythm. Um, it, it's it's really crazy. Well, it's really like, crazy to see. Even if you watch like a Division One college basketball game, how often do you see a mm-hmm. triangle in two? So like right. when you go to an NBA game, you see, you're like, <laughs> oh man, I I haven't seen that since like middle school. So right. <laughs> Hey, just to just to talk just to talk about how um, effective the zone has been against Boston. Um, in game two, Miami played 32 possessions on zone defense, holding Boston to 25 points. It was five field goals and five turnovers to spark that 17-point comeback. And it says in the first two games of the finals, the Celtics have scored 41 points and 48 total possessions against the Heat zone. That's nuts. That's very nuts. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so you guys feel like it's over in six. Is that is that your is that what you're saying? Heat and six, yeah. Yes. You say Boston you say Boston gets one on tomorrow and then Sunday that's that's Boston's going fishing. Yeah. My they're heart just, they're too good. My my heart says the Celtics can come back and take it to seven, but my 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 brain says it's over in six. Okay. All right. There it is. Um, so let's let's switch gears here. Uh, right now, the Lakers are up sixty to fifty-five on the Nuggets at halftime in Game Four. Uh, the Lakers are up two-one. Um, and what we've talked about before, uh, this could easily be two-one Nuggets uh, if not for a game-winning shot in Game Three by Anthony Davis. Um, you know this this series could easily be uh, easily be two one Denver. Um, are you guys concerned about uh, the Lakers and, and the struggles uh, with the Nuggets, or do you feel like the Lakers will get their rhythm and, and they'll be able to win this game three um, and finish it up in five, or do you feel like this Nuggets team is not going away? Uh, this Nuggets team has shown a lot of fight, man. Like I said, they've overcome two three one deficits. Uh, they they knocked off the supposed paper champion Clippers, um, <laughs> and, and uh, now they're sitting here trying to fight the Lakers. Um, producer Tim, I know you've been ride or die with the Lakers. Um, do you still feel like they're gonna they're gonna clean it up and be done in five, or do you feel like this Nuggets team has a lot of left fight in them? I always thought this was the best. I thought this was the best of six series. Um, I just, I thought the Nuggets were good enough to get two wins. They obviously showed that in the Clippers series. They showed that in the Utah series. They played really well in the bubble. Even though, weirdly enough, they have a losing record in the bubble. That was something that EJ talked mm-hmm. about today in the pregame. Um, you know, you make the case this could definitely t- this could be two one Nuggets, and you're not wrong there. This could be three zero Lakers if they're not six or twenty six yeah. from three. I mean, this yeah. is a whole different. It's a whole different game. Um, yeah. you know, we've seen this throughout the whole bubble is like when the Lakers are hitting threes, they are unstoppable. Um, yeah. Whether it's Anthony Davis, whether it's Danny Green, there's nights when Rajon Rondo's hitting three or four threes for them. And when those nights happen, you know, it's just like, just go home. Yeah, just when go Ron- back to the hotel. Hey, when Rondo's room. hitting threes, yeah, you, yeah. you know. Just go you back know. to the hotel. Um, <laughs> well, right, I, right now I'm going to jump in as you're saying that. They are five of 17 currently from three-point range at halftime. Yeah. yeah. That's still deep, up five, that equals crazy. That equals out to twenty nine percent, but it's not six for twenty six yet. Give it. A, we have let's, another half. Let's see, let's, we got another half. <laughs> um, but I think too, like 
Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, Jamal Murray's just been awesome. And when you look at those guys on their bench, like Monte Morris is really good. I think Monte Morris is a starting point guard in the NBA. Like uh, if he absolutely. was on, if he was on the Chicago Bulls, he's probably competing with Tomas Sidoransky for the starting spot. He probably beats Tomas Sidoransky for the starting spot. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. If you know, so I think he's that good of a player, um, but he really buys in his role well. So I just think like, you know, Mike Malone's a great coach. I think he's been really underrated for a long time. And, you know, you can go back and listen to these shows. Like I was never in love with the Denver Nuggets and I'm, I'm fine right. to be wrong. Like, I'm not going to like be like, well, you know, they were lucky twice. Like I'm not that kind of guy. Obviously what they're doing is working. Um, but right. to me, I just always thought when it came down to it, like they're good enough to get two wins, like I said, but when you have that monsters duo of LeBron and Anthony Davis, who statistically, I think like there's three or four duos in NBA history that are better than them, like all around. And I think like one of them is like Bill Russell and John Havlicek to put in context, like, Oh yeah. That's, that's what you're getting from these guys. And just that, you know, the ability and you saw it tonight. I mean, Anthony Davis was seven of seven to start the game Mm -hmm. and they're double teaming them. They're trapping them. At one point he gets hit in the eye, just resets and still puts a layup in. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know how you stop that. And you know what they're getting, like, I think for them, the X factor kind of comes down to Dwight Howard. And if you look at game, game three, especially Dwight's in foul trouble, Jokic, you know, gets his buckets. Um, game one, Dwight stays out of foul trouble. He's getting rebounds. The Lakers are unstoppable. Yeah. Um, he was eight and eight earlier. Or he was yeah. eight points, eight rebound. Like right, right now his halftime stats, but he's got 11 points and 10 boards. He's already got a double double. Yeah, and he started tonight, and you're kind of getting yep. that more. Like, I don't think I've seen JaVale on the floor yet. Can you guys tell me? If he is. I know. I don't, I, I don't think he has been. So, I guess what, I, what I'm trying to get back to is, like, the Nuggets are obviously deeper, but the Lakers are more talented. Um, so, I thought that's why it was a six-game set, but I thought LeBron and AD were just going to be too much to overcome and get four wins against them. These guys are better than Kawhi and Paul George together. These guys are better than John Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, obviously, so I think that's what it came out for. All right, so I'm totally impressed with the Nuggets thus far. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, had a, we had a text thread going, and, you know, I think Ben and I bought in on Jamal Murray, and Tim did not up to this point. Correct. Um, I'm all sold in on him up to this point now. Like, was, I'm 100% sold in on Jamal Murray. I mean, last game alone, like, he hit some big shots against who we all – thought were the favorites to win the NBA championship up at this point, minus the Lakers, but are the Clippers. Um, but in the Clippers series, I mean, he hit dagger after dagger after dagger. I mean, it was him and Jokic, man. They, they are, that's a, that's a nasty one, two punch. And I'm going to, I'm going to start giving some credit where credit is due. Um, you two know that I'm a huge university of Louisville fan. I grew up in Louisville. You know, I'm all about um, the Cardinals and, I've always capped on Calipari because, you know, I don't think he's that good of a coach. Um, I think he's a fantastic recruiter and he gets the best talent. But I've always said that these guys from UK, like they come into the league and they, they put up all these stats, but like none of them, none of them up to this point, he's never had a player win a championship since he's been at UK. And now we have multiple UK guys that are in the conference finals that are legit just showing out. And um, I think one thing that everybody forgets about these guys that are going to UK and they're coming out, they're one and done's, And, you know, they're coming into the NBA at 19 years old. 
And, you know, you look at somebody like a Jamal Murray, um, you look at somebody like uh, a, a um, man, we were just talking about him for the heat, <laughs> Adebayo. Oh, Tyler um, Hero and Bam, yeah. Bam Adebayo. Yeah, Adebayo. Jamal Murray's only 23, man. Like, he's 23. He's probably got another t- – he, it, let's say, like, he's entering his prime right now. This dude's got 10 years of his prime that we're about to see, and he's balling like that. And out of bail, I think he's 23. Tyler Hero is, what, 20? 20. <laughs> and uh, Anthony Davis is only 27. Yeah, and yeah. Anthony Davis is 27. Um, you know, Carl Anthony – like, these guys are young, man. Like, they are young. And they mm-hmm. are finally – they are finally starting to um, show that like we're, we're capable of carrying a league pretty much. I mean, you look at the John walls and the um, DeMarcus cut, like all those guys have like legit just balled out since they've been into the league. Right. Um, And then there's some guys that have came into the league that we haven't quite seen that have made it yet. But like I said, they're all young still like, you know, guys hit their strides at different times. I mean, obviously, we talked about Luca being a 20-year-old stud, you know, a 21-year-old stud. That guy's played, like, four or five years of professional basketball already. You know, mm-hmm. where these kids are getting brought up through the, you know, the, the AAU circuit, then they're playing college basketball. It's a, the rules are different. And so, like, they're, they're getting groomed into playing the NBA, where Luca was already playing professional rules. And he, as soon as he stepped on a court, he understood the game. These guys are still learning. So – I have to tip my hat to, you know, guys like Murray and um, Bam and Tyler because they're starting to figure it out. And uh, we're going to see these guys probably dominate in this league for a really long time. Um, yeah. So I think that Jamal Murray could be the number one shooting guard in the NBA when it's all said and done. Um, I don't know if you want to consider Luca a shooting guard or, you know, some of these other guys, but I think that in the next couple of years, we might see Murray kind of slide into that number one shooting guard spot. Um, see what happens, but that's kind of how I feel about him. I know they list him as a point guard uh, sometimes, but I mean, his true position is to play in the shooting guard. And like you said, um, Tim, uh, you could slide uh, Morris in there at the starting point guard and they wouldn't skip a beat. Right. He, he's, he's that good. I mean, Denver's playing, Denver's playing legit 10 guys right now, nine to 10 guys, almost equal minutes. And um, they don't, I don't, I don't feel like they miss anything when they sub guys out. Like they just stay consistent all the way through the game. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, you got a lot of good points there. I definitely agree. The only thing I necessarily disagree with on Jamal Burning being the best shooting guard in the league is he is awful defensively still. He is really bad defensively, but yeah, offensively, yeah. I have no problem with you saying that. Like, I don't expect him to be Clay Thompson on defense by any means. So I'm not like holding that against him. I think just like when you talk about those best players at their positions, um, you know, James Harden gets a lot of shit for defense. I did it again. <laughs> but he's not he's not that he's bad. Not bad. He's man. not at all. No, like, he's not. He's not like, bad at all. If I feel like they're like, well, if you look at that OKC tape, this goes back to Josh's point about these Kentucky guys. When he was 20, you know, so like Maybe Jamal Murray gets better at defense. I mean, Kyle Kuzma somehow got better at defense, and I thought he was like a broomstick out there for a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's possible. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away by how good the Nuggets have been. I think that, 
when you look at all the guys like Jeremy Grant has been excellent for them. Yeah, I was definitely yeah. wrong which Grant brother would be better. That was my Notre Dame bias. I'm obviously with uh, Jaron. I thought watching Jaron in college, <laughs> he for sure would be better than Jeremy. Not well, the, so much. The, the other guy, the other guy, I want to touch base on because I do think this guy gets lost in the shuffle is Porter Jr. And the only reason I say that is because this guy's been hurt. So like we don't really know if he can stay healthy enough to stay on the floor. But we all knew coming into the league that if this guy was ever healthy, like he's a walking bucket. And I don't think people realize that if this guy gets healthy, I mean, he could have been – he literally could have been a top three pick in the draft had he been healthy when he came out. Yeah. Um, so you now insert him. And to be honest with you, give him, give him some time in the league to develop. He, I mean, he's, he's better than Grant. I mean, he, he offensively skilled wise, he's better oh, than yeah. Grant. Grant Grant knows the game a little bit better, and Grant's been balling. He's been balling in this series. He's from Cuse. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that I think that we that Michael Porter Jr. is a is a legit soon to be all star if he stays healthy. You know, he's a twenty plus point a game guy that you now stick into this lineup with these other two guys, and that's scary, man. That is that's awful scary. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I, I think that the um, – I think the Nuggets – there's something to be said from fighting back from three and one down in two series in the playoffs um, about a team's grit and determination. Um, I really like the way they play. Um, they're, you know, I like their pace. I like when they're getting up and down the floor. Um, I agree. Jamal Murray – um, to me, has kind of earned his stripes. Um, he had been kind of inconsistent. I know we had talked about that, Tim. He had been inconsistent uh, in the la- in the previous years. I mean, I know that some of that is youth, um, but I don't know what happened to him when he got to the bubble. But he has become. He you could see him growing leaps and bounds, um, and he's been the leader of that t- team. Um, I don't think they have enough firepower for the Lakers, though. Um, I do feel like, like the Lakers will um, – I do feel like this may go six, but I think the Lakers will prevail. Um, I, th- I just think that Anthony Davis and LeBron, um, when they decide that they're going to take over, they're really hard to stop. So um, – I got a question for you, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, 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 I have a biased – when it comes to LeBron James and um, I'm super hard on him, probably more than anybody else. And a lot of that comes from my love for Michael Jordan, who never made a mistake in the history of playing basketball. Like he played the perfect game every single time out. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, he did that in only playing six years of basketball too, right? He only played right? six years, right? Six. He only played six. Yeah. And uh, somebody, somebody photoshopped one of them horrible wizard uniforms on him. And, um, <laughs> but no, um, do you guys kind of see the – I don't want to say the changing of the guard because LeBron's only been in L.A. for two years. But do we do we see – do you guys start to see maybe next year, maybe not so much this year because I think in the finals it will be different, but do we see next year maybe LeBron start taking a back seat to Anthony Davis and letting Anthony Davis be the man on the team where LeBron kind of takes second fiddle? Or do we still try to see LeBron kind of be that – I'm the guy that kind of runs the show and I'm going to make sure you get yours and I'm going to get mine. Cause I'm starting, I'm starting to think that like 
that team goes when Anthony Davis is the one in charge. Like when when oh, he's absolutely. the focal when he's the focal point of the offense and he's eaten, they don't lose. They can't lose. They cannot lose because literally when that guy is being aggressive, like he cannot be stopped. It's it's scary how skilled that guy is. I mean, hitting threes, driving to the basket, he can post up, he can play defense. I don't know what's going on with him lately. Like, you know, last game he only had like two rebounds and like he doesn't have any rebounds tonight up to this point. And I don't know if he's focused more on playing offense right now. Um, and they kind of changed their their mindset. But like offensively, like he cannot be stopped. Literally can't be stopped. There's no one on the floor that can stop him in the NBA. You said you think it's next year. I think it's already happening. I think like not necessarily LeBron's kind of like taking a step back, but it feels like it's kind of come to that my 1A, 1B kind of thing where it's like, you know, you'll see these games like where LeBron will have 16, 18 points and a half, and then the next half, Anthony Davis will have 20, 22. You know, so it feels like these guys just kind of, they work so well together and the way they mesh and just, it's worked way more than anyone thought it would and then some. I guess, um, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that like when this game goes into the fourth quarter, and this is what I've seen periodically over the playoffs and really kind of like some of these big games down the stretch is that when the Lakers need a bucket, they go to AD. Like it's not a, it's, it's not a, I'm going to move the ball. Like they're like, get the ball to AD and let this man take over. And that's kind of what happened in the Nuggets game the other night is like AD, you know, he came down like he was the guy. He was like, I'm going to take the shot. And I do want to talk about that. <laughs> that last shot that he took because Kobe, if, um, yes, Ooh. not only that, which that was fantastic, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. yeah by the way, shout out Jeremy Baker, who has been all up in the comments today during our feed. He's a, uh, he says they mesh amazingly. Jeremy, we all agree with that for sure. <laughs> oh, you got watch. You got watch Jeremy Baker, man. Oh, kill you. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my boy Baker. Yes, um, sir. On that last play of the game, I don't know if you guys saw, they interviewed Rondo, and that play was supposed to be ran for LeBron James. Now, some people will say that LeBron James set this amazing screen to get Anthony Davis open. I didn't see the guy move not one bit. And Mason Plumley decided for some random reason that he just kind of like went and ran into LeBron. Like he wasn't trying to go over the screen. He wasn't going to try to go under the screen. Like he ran into the screen and just stopped which caused Jokic to have to step out, which, get, which was what gave Anthony Davis the, the ability to take that shot. And I was wondering if you guys, like, watching the game, because obviously I'm, I don't care who wins the series. Um, I just like to see good basketball. And to see a shot hit like that at the buzzer is crazy, um, especially when all the marbles are on the line. But, like, did, at any point did you guys look at Plumlee and say, man, what in the world are you doing right now? Like, how do you not fight through that to try to get to your guy and, like, there didn't seem like there was any communication at all on that screen that was like, hey, pop out, or, hey, I'm going to go this way, you go this way. It was like he just ran smack dead. And, like, then it looked like LeBron set a screen on two guys, and then Anthony Davis popped over three. So I'm so glad you did this. I'm so glad you brought this up because I wanted to talk about one thing I thought the Nuggets really messed up on. It's not just the Plumlee thing because, obviously, that was just dumb. I think the way that they ran it was kind of like LeBron was like, he knew the eyes were going to be on him, so that gave Anthony Davis a shot. So I, I totally get what you're saying. You have Ball Ball on your bench. Yeah. I understand he hasn't played the whole game. You're up one. I mean, you're up two. With a chance to close this out, and like you said, make it a 2-1 series. 
why is he not out there guarding the inbound? Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, all he's got to do is this. That's all he's got to do. Yep. Like, I, to this day, I mean, if you go back to when they played in the last, one of the last games in the seeding games in the bubble, when Kuzma hits that game and shot against the Nuggets, it's bull bull on him. That's how tough yep. of a shot he made. So it's like, it almost happened there. Why didn't you guys learn from that? Yeah. I, I didn't understand that. Um, it, it, I'm with you, Josh. I don't understand why, why Plumlee didn't fight through the screen. I don't know if he was waiting for LeBron to cut to the basket or if he was waiting for LeBron to work his way through kind of like off the screen, you know, set the screen, roll, like get to the back. I don't know what he was doing, but he put Jokic in a bad spot because Jokic is guarding the ball. It goes to Anthony Davis holding. Nobody's guarding Anthony Davis. So then he tries to sprint out there, which it was too late. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened there. Um, I would just assume that they were, they were leaning on LeBron thinking that LeBron would take the last shot. Even though Anthony Davis down the stretch, I believe had the last twenty maybe, points of nuts. Yeah, it was something <laughs> crazy. Like he had the last like fourteen or sixteen points in the half, like in the in the quarter. So I don't know why they would think at the end of the game that that would be any different. Like you're going to give the ball to somebody else. I, I'm not. I'm not a professional coach, but it just it's common sense to me. Like there's two guys on the floor I'm not going to let beat me, and it's LeBron and it's AD. Right. I can live with I can live with Rondo getting a shot. You know, mm-hmm. I you know third option would probably been Kuzma, and I don't remember who else was on the floor at that time. But like, I'm definitely not letting AD or LeBron beat me. So like, if they right. run a play and Rondo comes around and he gets the shot off, if, if I live or die with Rondo taking a jump shot, like I'm okay with that. Agreed. But like, I'm not okay with Anthony Davis taking a shot, especially when he just knocked down like a three, like. Like he he was already hot in that in that sense. Like he was already eaten at that point. Oh, like, he was yeah. cooking you in don't that let, quarter, no doubt. You don't let Barbecue that guy chicken. take that shot. You don't let him take that shot. I don't care what yep. you do. And yeah, sh- I will say shout out to the Lakers though because you did bring bring up the last time they played. Like that uh that play they ran for Kuzma was uh, fantastic. By the way, right? It was. <laughs> yeah. It was. But yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know if you remember Boston tried that same thing with Taco Fall. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought him in the game to guard the inbound. Now it was really bad defense on Boston's part because I thought Taco did a decent job guarding the inbounds. The pass that that dude threw cross court to mm-hmm. the other side of the floor in the corner for, for somebody to yeah. shoot. It. Yeah, I mean that pass should have never happened. Agreed. Right. Like, that, but I definitely believe if you take Bobo and you put him out there, how tall is Bobo? Seven three. Seven Somewhere three seven four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think if you put him out there, that that pass to Anthony Davis now becomes super difficult. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Also, As, the big difference between those two is Bull Bull is an NBA basketball player. Taco Fall is not. Yeah. Uh, what is he, a sideshow? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I just mean, to let you guys know, Lakers have won up double digits. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rondo hit a three, and KCP had a couple a couple baskets. So, yep. you know. But to talk to your point, Dwight Howard right now is um, 12 and 11. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's made a huge difference. People want to disrespect Dwight Howard like he's not a future Hall of Famer. But um, that guy can still play basketball. I mean, he's still good at what he does. Um, He's still, you know, he's still a board eater. Uh, He's a rim runner. Yeah. He's a rim runner, and he still plays amazing defense. So, Can can I I ask a question about – the Lakers, and, and this is just personal for me because 
I'm, I'm not going to say I love the guy, but I, I, I think we had this conversation once before. Anytime that JaVel McGee is in the game, I feel like this dude gives you like instant plays. Either it's an alley-oop or like he's blocking somebody or he gets a bucket and like he doesn't get that much playing time. I'm not saying that, that I know better than the coaches, but like I feel like when JaVel McGee is in the game, like it's like instant energy, like just random. Does he not get to play because Shaq – tells them not to put him in or um <laughs> I think that'd be I think that I think that beef is squashed. I think they squashed that beef. Yeah. Um, they did. um no I honestly I really do think it's um I think it's just a matter of skill. I think Dwight Howard is just more skilled at what they need at the moment than than JaVel McGee is. I mean uh I think Dwight Howard's a better defender. Um I'm not saying that JaVel McGee is not a decent defender, but I think Dwight Howard right now just has – he has more, I guess, um, experience at, at, at defending different things, you know, at, at doing different things. And, and I guess Dwight Howard just to me seems like just a better fit. Matchup, I think, is what right. it comes down to. So, if, I mean, if you go back to the Houston series, neither of those guys played. Right. I mean, they were playing LeBron at the five in stretches just yeah. so they could get P.J. Tucker off of Anthony Davis, who, by yeah. the way – just remembered this. PJ Tucker, did you guys see what he put up after AD hit that shot? No. Yeah, I did. Said, I did, but I, I would have blocked that shot. These Rockets need to quit chirping. Like, man, you're bums. You're bums. Stop. You're out. You're out. You're out. You're at home right now. Like, yeah. like, stop talking. You, you guys, your coach left you on the plane back to t- back right. to Houston. Like, yeah, back to Houston. Yeah. He's like, my contract's up. Yeah, I'm going to the bar. You guys have fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Well, you know I mean? hey, let me piggyback on that, Benny. There's talks he might yes, be the sir. Pacers coach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They talked about because yeah, I, I heard a big rumor like he wants to he wants to keep Oladipo there. He thinks that he can turn Oladipo into James Harden. I heard 2. that too. Yeah. I have heard that one. I also heard that they were he was talking to Philadelphia because Philadelphia feels like if you bring in him, D'Antoni, that he could bring in Harden. That is New York Knicks to a T right there. That Correct. is that is so Knicks. That, that's such a that's <laughs> such a reach. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's such a Knicks. It's such a Knicks thing. And the fact that Philadelphia is doing that even makes me smile more. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, as I'm watching um, but, the thread for this game, um, the Lakers are going to be hard to beat if this happens. They have they have 82 points and they already have five guys in double figures. Yeah, that's what they do, man. That's what they do. When you get nice so, like speak, this from KCP, yeah, you're 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 doing you all right. Yeah, yep, you're doing all right. So speaking of coaches, gentlemen, uh, your all's favorite team, the Chicago Bulls, just hired their new coach in Billy Donovan, giving him four years and twenty four million dollars. Josh, you want a wardrobe change? I, he must be. Is this like um, when Christopher Daniels and Curry man would wrestle the same night? <laughs> he might. <laughs> Uh, so, Tim, this is your team, mm-hmm. you and Josh as well. Um, your thoughts on the Bulls. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Wardrobe change, baby. Your, your idea on the Bulls hiring Billy Donovan. So, I love it. I'll first, I'm just going to go ahead and go to get that out of the way. Um, okay. I think that, like, there's a lot of, you know, 
people always hold like all this time in OKC, you know, they lost a three, one lead to golden state in the next few years. They all, they lost in the first round each time. But like, I think he was just kind of in a situation where he was coaching with guys that didn't fit Billy Donovan style. We uh, saw yep. what it was like in Florida. I mean, so he kind of has that, like, a, a, you know, Sean and I, if you listen to our show, we trash the Bulls a lot. We destroy them. But really, yeah. if you look, if you put the Bulls roster on paper, it's pretty talented. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about guys like Wendell Carter, Zach Levine, Kobe White. Um, you know, those are guys that, you know, young cores that are pretty solid. It's, it's a likable mm-hmm. team. Billy Donovan's such a good player developer. Um, you know, to this year, for example, you look at Lou Dort. Like, no one knew who Lou Dort was unless you watched college basketball before the yep. season. And Lou Dort ended up being huge for them. He's guarding James Harden in the playoffs. Yeah, so, and I think that he did a great job with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, I, I think mean, he, he made developed him, him very well. Yeah, absolutely. So, for him to kind of go and get this young group of guys, you know, He's gonna get. He's gonna unlock things Zach Levine hasn't been able to do yet. Like that, Jim Boyle and Fred Hoiberg, even Flip Saunders couldn't do um, with with Zach Levine. Right. Which is, you know, God rest his soul, Flip Saunders. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that he's a really good fit for what the Bulls are trying to do. This isn't about rebuilding anymore. This is retooling for this team as they're putting it. Um, bringing in AK who to kind of be like be running the running the office as well. It seems like it's a good fit for them. They have this pick. But I think it opens the doors for the Bulls to really kind of be bigger, where they should be. I mean, I listened to Woj today, him and Bobby Marks talking, and the point they made was every time there's a big free agent, anytime there's an Anthony Davis or there's a Kawhi Leonard, the Bulls need to be up there with those L.A. teams because they have the market, mm-hmm. they have the money, they have the fan base, they have the history. And I think Billy Donovan, I don't necessarily know if he's going to go win NBA titles by any means, but especially compared to what they had after Tibbs, I love the hire. But I think yeah. as far as player development, I think Kobe White's going to take this huge step forward next year. I think he's going to be really good. I like to – I mean, he, after the Austin break, he was really good. Yeah, you could, uh, you could, you could absolutely tell um, towards the end of – before the quarantine, Kobe White was, was, was starting to come into his own. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you could really see that. So um, – I, I tend to agree with, with you, Tim. For me, the Chicago Bulls is one of those franchises, in order for the NBA to be good, I feel like the Bulls have to be good. Um, I, there's so much history, uh, so much um, you know, prestige with that organization that I feel like I feel like they have to be they have to be good in order for the league to feel like it's in the right spot. Um, I think I like the Billy Donovan hire. Um, I think that, like you said, he's a great player developer. Um, he's going to take a young roster there and, and do some um, – he, he's a little different. I mean, he did a lot of different things in OKC um, as far as player development and, and running offense. And uh, his offensive sets are, are a little bit different. Um, but I think he's got the tools with the Bulls. I rhymed that. Um, to be able to to have a lot of success. Odellis Ferellis, what do you think? Well, I I think a lot of people, um, when they hear Billy Donovan's name, you know, for us growing up, a lot of people think Billy Donovan. They think, oh, you know, he was the coach for Florida that won two national championships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of that, that's kind of how he got his um, start. But, you know, to kind of 
kind of backtrack on that a little bit. Um, you know, again, ties to Kentucky and, you know, me being a Louisville fan that, you know, he really kind of got his start as a, as a, as a, as an assistant with uh, Patino at Kentucky. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was part of that team that had like Mashburn and all them on it. And then um, he helped recruit the team that actually won the championship in 96. Uh, so mm -hmm. he was already kind of, kind of learning how to do his own thing at a, at a really young age. And then um, he coached at Marshall for a couple years. And um, I don't think people know this about him. He took Marshall and turned them from a team that was like nine and 18. And then the very next year went 18 and nine, like literally that fast and mm -hmm. kind of got them playing. And um, he obviously after he left there, uh, he went to Florida. He was in Florida for what, 19 or 20 years or something like that. Forever. And Flo yeah, Florida had really solid basketball teams every single year where oh, you yeah. thought that they were going to make a run. Um, even, even the two years that they, that they went, you thought that there were a couple of years in there where they probably could have won it again. Um, you yeah. know, that's just the nature of playing in the, in the, in the, in March madness. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I felt like when he got to OKC and before he got to OKC, there was some like mention of him, maybe like coaching the magic, like, but, but then he stayed in no, Florida. No, he took the job and then. Oh, that's right. He did. He, yeah. That's right. He did take the job and, um, and ended up going back. So, um, but he won a lot of games at Oklahoma city and, um, you know, nobody expected Oklahoma city to do anything, you know, after they lost Harden and after they lost Westbrook and after they lost KD and there they are still winning games. I mean, we just saw OKC what, I mean, they were pretty close to, you know, being in the second playing round pl playing the yeah. Lakers. And, <laughs> and I would have been interested to see how that series would have went, you know, with, with them playing the Lakers itself, because, you know, Chris Paul, Chris Paul is going to fight until the end. Like he's, he, he's a guy, he, he to me could easily be the most underrated player in the history of the NBA. Like I, there's, there's times where I look at him and say he could be as high as the third or second ranked point guard of all time. Like that's how much, that's how much I, I feel about him and his command of the offense. But, you know, Billy Donovan took that team. He had a bunch of veterans. Um, he had, uh a bunch of young guys and he meshed it and they, they, they played basketball. That's what they did. And they, everybody wrote them off and we even wrote them off at the beginning of the season. We all said mm -hmm. that they weren't going to be that good. And then there they are playing in the bubble. So um, I know that we were talking to him before and we, we thought that there would be some other guys that could get that job. And um, there were a couple other names that were thrown up there. And we had talked about like some of the guys we thought, but I don't think the bulls can go wrong bringing Donovan and he's been a winner everywhere he's went. He's, mm -hmm. he's so respected, um, and, you know, I, I like the fact that he's kind of got that slick back hair, the mafia look, kind of like a young Pat Riley. Yeah. So he's going to get mm – he's going to – he's going to get – he's going to get everything that he needs to get out of those teams. I expect the Bulls to, to play hard next year, and, you know, depending on how that roster ends up before the season starts, I mean, we might, we might be able to sneak into the playoffs, man, as an eight seed. Do you think he'll help bring in free agents? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think the first thing he's going to do is uh, bring in Joakim Noah to be like their Unatus Haslam, you know, yeah. like kind of hang out and just kind of, I'm for that. Um, oh, yeah. But 
you know, there's obviously like there's so many things that are popping up now and it's like it goes back you always say like lazy sports banter like right. and it makes me laugh when people are like well billy Dobbins is the coach of the bulls now so that means bradley beer is going to come play for his college coach i'm like who told you that where right. did you get that from <laughs> you know it's like that's not that's happening. not lazy you're just trying to connect dots that's lazy yeah Right, and lazy like, journalism. Well, they're like, well, Chris Paul, you know, he played for him at OKC, so maybe he'll go to the Bulls. I'm like, Chris Paul's not coming to the Bulls. It's not happening. <laughs> like, it'd be awesome. I would love it, but mm, yeah, I just it's it's crazy. it's funny. I think that, um, you know, Josh kind of said they could sneak in. There's no reason the Bulls, with the talent they have, should not be a playoff team. But what's interesting I to agree. me is right now I'm seeing a ton of mock drafts. We're at number four. The Bulls are getting James Wiseman from Memphis. Okay. And what's interesting to me in that situation is they draft James Wiseman. That means it's the end of Laurie Marketing. That means Wendell Carter goes back to playing the four, and Wiseman's a super athletic guy at the five. Well, well, they'd have those two guys to kind of protect the rim and Carter mm-hmm. and Wiseman. So this draft is going to tell us a lot. There's a possibility I would not be shocked if the Bulls trade this pick, even up to get like a Lamelo Ball to facilitate it for the for Levine and White and those guys, but. Okay. Step one is going to be to see what Billy Donovan wants to do is this. Because Billy Donovan, like we said, when he went to OKC, they had a foundation. They were a playoff. I mean, they were playoff contenders year in and year out. Mm-hmm. You know, the one year they didn't make the playoffs, Kevin Durant was hurt. Right. So, you know, going to the situation now where it's like he's taking pieces he already has to make them better is going to be really unique. Cool. Yeah, I, I think that his player development skills uh, will definitely be in play. Uh, that you bring up a really interesting point about the draft. Um, gosh, I mean, Laurie Markkinen, I, I feel like, and I don't know, you guys are Bulls fans, but I feel like he's a really talented player that hasn't quite been able to get to where we all think he should be. Um, Anywhere he else he'd from, be better. Correct. Like, you know, like he just, like, I, I felt like with Chicago, like he's just been a step behind. I get like not really a step behind because he's a really good player, but like I always feel like his development should have been more. Like you said, Tim, any other place in the NBA where he would have played, he'd be, I think he'd be all star level. I agree. Um, so, well, gentlemen, it, it has been awesome getting back together. Um, the Shot Callers crew, once again, um, give you a little update Lakers up 87 84. Um, oh, Oh yeah, it's Let's it's it's it getting tight. Yeah, it's getting tight. So, um, thank you guys for checking us out here on Facebook. Thank you for listening to the pod. We are on Apple. Tim, we got a new pod, don't we? Amazon. Yeah, we're on everything now. Amazon Music. Yes, sir. Spotify, Apple, Google. Apple, Google. Hey, check us out, man. Check us out on the podcast. Anywhere where you get your podcast, check us out. Check us out on the socials at 48 Minutes NTWRK on Instagram and the Twitters. Um, you can also check us out. We all each have our individual Twitter handles uh, that we will add to uh, the description. If you want to add us about something, uh, you want to tweet us about something, you want to give your opinion, uh, you know, we always welcome that. We always want to hear from you. Uh, also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please, five-star reviews. Uh, we love them. We need them, uh, and, and they are greatly appreciated by all of us. Um, so uh, we thank you once again for paying and you know tuning in, watching, hanging out with us. We love you guys, uh, and we will talk to you soon.
Peace.